I got one word for you. Yeah. Margaret Rudkin. Oh, that's two words. It's one word as far as I'm concerned. But I'm not counting. Who's counting? Not me. Sure as hell, I'm not counting. I don't count shit. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. I could give you literally 32 guesses, and you would not come up with who Margaret Redkin was. Hmm. I'm going to give you one guess on whether or not I give a shit who Margaret Redkin was. Okay. One guess. Can I have Can I have it? Yeah. Are you giving it to me right now? Yeah, Should you can I take the, it. The floor is yours. My guess is you give no shits. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. That's well, neat. yeah, it is cool. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it is pretty neat, actually. Something, something I'm interested in that I want to talk about <laughs> and you give zero shits about it. That's cool. That's neat. You know how I would have cared about it more is if you hadn't have played the guessing game. If you'd have been like, hey, I really want to tell you about this thing because I think it's cool. I would have been like, let's hear it. Can I give you one guess as to if you think I know how you feel about the guessing game or not? <laughs> I know you know how I feel about the guessing game. <laughs> Dude, I know you do. Every time I bring it up, but it's like, it's like a, it's like a, you know, people have like, what's that thing where they just shout out Tourette's? Uh, yeah. People have Tourette's and what? Are you going to make fun of a person with Tourette's? That's how I'm with the guessing game. No, no, no. It's not even like Tourette's. It's like, it's like when you, when you're talking to someone on the street and you say, how are you? And then they tell you how they are. Oh <laughs> like, my God. You're like, no, 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 no. When I asked how you were. I yeah. definitely didn't want to know how you no, are. Don't I care. was basically, it's basically Be an elaborate, nice. it's elaborate way of saying hi. That's all it is, is Dude, hi. It's a social construct. That's all. Which is, right, which <laughs> is like, we're going to keep this real shallow at this point. Hey, how are you? Oh, well, my dad died yesterday and uh, I have a growth on my foot and um, I haven't talked to my kids in 20 years. Oh, God. Dude, this is a real, <laughs> this is a real conversation I had on the phone. I called up this guy who I like a lot. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And he goes, spiritually, physically, mentally, blah, blah. And he just listed off all these things. And then I just said, bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, I cut wrong number. Yeah, whoopsie. Uh, Because here's the deal. I know you. This has to be the right conversation. If I was like, hey, man, I really need to talk to you about something. You know, that's different than like you calling me to. Tell me about Margaret fucking Atwood or whatever, and I'm and you say oh, how's it going, and I'm like oh spiritually depleted, uh, emotionally bankrupt, physically exhausted, financially strapped, ergonomically oh. rough. Well, so tell me who this uh, chick is and tell me why she's important to you. I'm curious. By the way, welcome to the show. This is uh, I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. And here's the deal: wherever you're at out there, however you're listening, you're going to fit into one of those two columns. Because life's fluid like that, and uh, we make room for both columns in our world and in this podcast. So welcome to the show. Bob's going to tell me about some chick that he likes. I mean, you could call her a chick if you want. I call her a human being. That's true. I don't want to assume. With with legs and feet. I'm assuming she's got feet, and I'm assuming she has legs. But she might not. It doesn't doesn't specifically say. Well, don't assume she's not a paraplegic. Let's not assume that. Here's what I would assume. Is she didn't have arms... Feet or legs, it would be like the first thing they mention in her Wikipedia, but they don't. So I'm assuming she's fine. Okay. Well, she would be fine if she didn't have those things, by the way. By the way, no, she wouldn't. By the way, no, she wouldn't. Now, I get it. 
be, be cool to people with no feet and no legs. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being cool to them. Okay. But don't make the mistake that being fine with somebody because they got no feet or legs means they're fine. Because if you'll ask them, they'll say, no, I'm not fine with no feet or legs. In fact, if you'd like to trade your feet or legs for my no feet or legs, I would gladly trade. Are we in Jamaica now? I don't know what that accent was, but I was enjoying it. And then as I'm saying the accent, I was like, oh, shit. Can I not say that accent? Because somehow it makes me a fucking monster now. All of a sudden, because I'm saying that accent, and also now because I'm saying this with a high tone of voice, I'm like one of those radio DJs that I hate. Because they're all up in their own shit, thinking they're all high and mighty, when really what they are saying is, I'm tone deaf, so I have to raise my voice because I'm tone deaf. Here's what I am. Not tone deaf. No. Aware of what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. aware of what I'm saying, and aware that the world is filled full of dumb baby people. Dude, dumb baby people can suck my dick. (laughs) SMD. Fuck GFY. SMD. (laughs) I hate dumb baby people, dude. I watched I a too. fucking documentary last night called Behind the Curve, and it was about flat planet people. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw that. I've seen that. Now, the wonderful thing about flat planet people is you can look at them and go, oh, those are dumb baby people. But here's the problem, because that's easily disprovable. They're flat earth they, they're all fighting amongst themselves because they can't fucking figure out which flat planet theory they want to fucking base their whole life yeah, on. Yeah, but I'll say, well, first of all, I mean, Christians argue amongst, Christians go to war and kill each other. And that, well, that, that doesn't right. make God any e- easier to disprove for them. But I ran into a flat earther. I was touring in Hawaii and uh, we were like on the beaches of Maui. We were like walking on the fucking beach in one of the most beautiful places in the world. We all had a little bottle of whiskey with us and uh, we were playing a gig in Hawaii. It was just great. It was a great experience. And I ran into like a, you know, how like in the movies, like I'm thinking about like the Lost Boys for some reason. There's like a bunch of bohemians around somehow like inexplicably around a fire on the beach. Like they have like a fire on the beach. Right. We're just waiting for young vampires to show up and kill them all. Yeah. It's some kind of weird vampire. It's some kind of weird vibe. You know, like I feel like if I started a fire on a beach, I would just go to jail immediately. I don't know how they do it. Can we make a quick agreement? I know you're in the middle of the story yeah. and I don't want to interrupt. Let's agree. Can we agree that whenever we say the word vampire from now on, and I'm talking about not the rest of this podcast, I'm talking about until the day we're buried in the ground. Yeah. Let's say vampire. Vampire? Vampire! Well, cool. Okay, cool. Keep going. So anyway, we were a little, you know, had a little bit of the liquid courage. So we come upon these fire beach fire vampires and I just start talking to them. I was in that kind of mood. You've seen me in that mood before where I can just talk to anybody. I'm in that yeah. mood. Dude, I feel like you are you can always be in that mood if you desire to I be. could turn it on. Yeah, I really can. I really could, um, even if I wasn't feeling it. So anyway, I start doing that with these people, and, you know, we're passing a flask around and shit. Before I know it, Bob, I am knuckle deep in an insane conversation you're talking to dumb baby people i'm really heavily involved in a conversation with a flat earther now here's what i'll say about it i don't think there's any validity to the flat earth theory but i've never been challenged before in a real conversation to prove that the earth isn't flat and i will say and believe me i'm not giving any credence to them but i will say it was harder than i thought it would be 
because right, here, because they have they they have a thing for everything. Oh well, I was like, well, there are satellite pictures of the Earth and it's an orb. Every other planet we see and every other thing out there is an orb. Why wouldn't we be an orb? He had a thing for all that, and he was throwing all this. He, you could tell he like studied the apologetics of it. He was ready to argue. And I wasn't because I don't walk around needing to defend the fact that there's no Santa Claus or that the fucking sky is blue or that the world is round. But he was ready. And I, I won't say he made me look foolish. He looked, he was a dummy. But it was interesting to me just as a matter of my own uh, intellect that it was harder than I thought it would be to justify why the earth is round. Okay. Here's how it's real easy. Okay. Here's how it's real easy. To tell these dumb fucks, these dumb baby people to go fuck themselves. Here's what you do. Okay. Guess what? If something's flat, guess what you do? If the earth is flat, right, and you just get yourself up off the ground about 100 feet, guess what you can see? The entire flat earth. (sighs) Oh, my God. Look, I'm not arguing for it. I'm just telling you. I said all this. I'm telling you, he had a thing for all of this. He, He wasn't stumped by any of it. There's no thing for it. If you just get... A hundred feet off the ground, you can see the entire flat Earth. He was talking all about like physics of light and the why there appears to be a curvature because of the way light bends. He, oh, really? Oh, because it bends. Light stuff. bends. Light does bend. Oh, it does. Okay. Light does actually bend. Oh, okay. How how does it bend? Uh, when it's refracted, it bends. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, oh no no no, that's not bending. Refracting is not bending. Refracting is refracting. Light bends. Are we gonna? Are we really gonna do this? Am I? Why are we arguing about this? All I'm telling you is there's a reason so many people believe it. Now they're dumb. A lot of people believe that fucking Jesus Christ is gonna come back and save the planet or whatever. But I'm telling you, it's harder when you encounter these people in the wild. It's harder to argue with them, especially when they're so convicted. When they know so much. Yes, light can bend around corners. In fact, light always bends around corners to some extent. This is a basic property of light and all other waves. The ability of light to bend around corners is also known as diffraction. Sorry, I said diffraction instead of refraction. Like light bends when it enters glass. That's because it's hitting something and then it's getting diffracted. But if it doesn't hit anything, it's just going to keep going. But what they're saying is, oh, it, it's hitting it's hitting uh, the uh, water molecules and stuff that's in the air, or dust particles, yeah, and then the it's atmosphere. getting diffracted. So you can only see like... You can only see like 25 miles, which is the horizon. Here's what you say when you meet a flat earther. If you're just a normal person, if you haven't watched Behind the Curve, which this was like five years ago when that documentary wasn't made. Right. I'd never, I didn't know that people did this. I didn't know people on the planet believe this. So you got to imagine me, little drunk, walking on a beach in Hawaii. And this guy's like, well, I don't think you've really considered that like your preconceptions about the European round are all false. And he sounded intelligent. Right. And I'm like, what? And he's like, why do you think the earth's round? And I was like, he was like, you probably think the earth's round because someone told you it was round your whole life. And you talk, you say shit like this, Bob. And I was like, well, yeah. I was like, but I don't think everyone's lying to me about it. And I, like, I had to sit there and think about it. I was like, well, I think the earth's round because people have like traveled the earth and not falling off of the edge of it. There are pictures of earth from space and the other bodies that we see around us are orbs. Like that, that's all I could think of. And I was like, smarter people than me know the earth's round. I can't explain to you what a fucking E equals MC squared means. Does that mean I have to walk around the earth being skeptical about relativity? Dude, I don't know what E equals MC squared means. And it could be just some bullshit that he used to 
fuck a bunch of women because that's what he did. Even though he was married for a long time, he was fucking a bunch of bitches. That's Einstein. Who, Einstein? Yeah. Einstein's notorious. Really? Oh, dude. Equals MC squared. He might as well. He might as well have just called it BDE equals OPP. Well, what's crazy about relativity theory is he predicted shit that he couldn't prove until there was like an eclipse, like decades later. And when this eclipse happened, that only happens once every million years, he was like, "Hey, everything that I predicted about what would happen in this eclipse, it's going to happen," and it did. Like in like 1918. Anyway, so you're telling me that Albert Einstein was a player. Dude, of course he was a player, dude. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna fucking invent the theory of relativity if you're not gonna get any of that side hustle. What kind of ladies are what kind of ladies are laying it down for relativity theory? All the ladies. Guy? All of them. All the German dude, all the German bitches are into that relativity shit. Dude, you lay some math on a German bitch and she's like Dankeschön. She's bitteschön. All the women that Freud didn't take for himself. You know, Freud had like a, a whole basement full of all the women in Germany that he was. Schausenhausen, let me analyze your dreams. Dude, DTF used to, the first letter in DTF used to be Deutschland. Deutschland the fuck? <laughs> it was double D. Well, listen, I'd like for you to tell me who this Margaret chick is. Dude, I'm about, I'm about to tell you, but here's the deal, dude, about the flat earth situation. Yes, okay. it's real easy to disprove flat earth. You just get up in a plane and fly to where they think the edge of the earth is, and it's not there. Done. Easy. Done. Here's the problem. Here's why the do problem. You think they're, why do you think they're unpersuaded? You think they've never heard that? Like, why do you think? Dude, why do you think somebody believes in Jesus? Come on. You believe what you want to believe. Now, it's easily disproven. All of it's easily disproven. The problem that the documentary proposes is that, yeah, you can get a bunch of real dumb people to believe in flat earth. There's not many because it's stupid. So the problem is if you can get people to believe in flat earth, you can get people to believe in don't vaccinate because that's something that's really hard to disprove because it's all like microbes and, and bacteria and all this shit. And it's, if you're not going to believe that the earth is round, then what is there that you can't not believe is what, that's what they're proposing. And that's what they're saying. The way the world is going right now is in a sketchy uh, direction because you've just got all these people that can just really propose whatever they want to propose and you can get enough people to fucking believe it. Next thing you know, you've got fucking the world heating up or the world ending and, or, you know, stupid things like fucking uh, viruses that could have been shut down a while ago, not getting shut down and killing lots of people. We did just watch that QAnon, that six part QAnon documentary on HBO. It's pretty wild. It kind of underscores really everything you're saying. Yeah. Have you seen that yet? The, no. the Q into the storm or whatever. Is it in, uh, is it on uh, HBO? It's HBO Max. Well, after I got burned by that fucking Mia Farrow, Woody Allen doc, I'm like, fuck HBO and their documentaries. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll watch it because it's somebody, pretty good. Somebody said I should watch uh, Destroy All the Beasts or whatever that one's called. Well, let's pivot away from Jesus and climate change and vaccines and Q. <laughs> 
And tell me who this fuck is. Listen, man, your window for telling me who this chick is is rapidly closing because I'm about to really not give a shit. So let's hear it. Who is she? <laughs> you already don't give a shit. I feel like I'm talking about talking to a flat earther about a round earth. When I mention the name, Margaret How do I not give a Red shit when I, I'm basically begging you to tell me who she is? I want to know who she is. All right, first of all, this lady was born... A long time ago. She was born. Oh I'm assuming she was born around 1900. Okay. See, let's see when she was actually born. She was born in 1897, dude. Well, why is she important to you? And then when she was, I guess when she was damn 40 years old, when she was 40 years old, she started baking, son, baking bread for her youngest son who had asthma and was allergic to most commercially processed foods. And then her son's doctor recommended it to other patients and encouraged her to bake more bread. I'm going to put the Jeopardy music under this. Anyways. Then what happened? Well, her goddamn husband was a Wall Street broker, and he began taking the loaves of bread with him to New York to be sold in specialty stores. And next thing you know, Jed's a fucking millionaire. Hmm. Plot thickens. Then what happened? Well, then during the goddamn fucking Great War, the Second World War, rationing during World War II forced her to cut back production. And then she opened up a modern commercial bakery in 1947 at the age of 50. And then added some plants in Illinois and Pennsylvania. And next thing you know, she, uh, she went to Europe in the 50s and discovered fancy chocolate cookies that she thought would be popular in the United States, started baking those bitches. Then what happened? And then in 1961, she said, I'm cashing it in and sold her company to Campbell Soup for a whopping $28 million. Dude, $28 million in 1961 was a lot of cash. It was like $30 million back Dude, then. Dude, I feel like we're doing a new podcast, which is guess who this person is. Dude, you notice I've just not been using the B word a lot. You've used yeah. it already several times in this episode. I know I've used it a few times, but not describing this said, lady. German bitches. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about German bitches, but I wasn't talking about this lady that I'm describing now. This wonderful baking mom. So now she's, now she's, how old is she? She's goddamn, she's goddamn 64 years old. She's got $28 million in her pocket. Mm-hmm. Then what happened? She wrote a damn cookbook, the Margaret Rudkin blank cookbook. If I told you what the blank was, we'd know who we were talking about. And it was one of the first cookbooks. Wait, no. It was the first cookbook ever to make the New York Times bestseller list. Anyways, can you guess who Margaret <laughs> Rudkin is? You've got one guess. Uh, Mrs. Butterworth. That's a pretty good guess. Thank you. Not not it though. Nope. She started this. The brand was named after her family's 123 acre farm property in Fairfield, Connecticut. Give you okay. one more guess. So it's named after a property in Fairfield, Connecticut. Large Ridge Farm. You got it. Ding ding oh, ding, really? ding 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 ding. <laughs> Margaret Ruckin started Pepperidge Farm. Now, here's what I was thinking. So that's what? Goldfish? Goldfish is Pepperidge Farm. Fuck yeah, right? it is. Goldfish. Milano cookies. Potato bread. That's what I got my, my fucking six-year-old daughters hooked on it like it's goddamn heroin. So why are we talking about Pepperidge Farm Lady? I don't know, because I just woke up this morning and I was like, what the fuck is Pepperidge Farm? 
because I'm an inquisitive fucking dude and I see it every day. I'm like, what is this? You woke up today and thought, I want to, and you thought, you're like, your eyes went ding and you went, I need to know what's up with Pepperidge Farm because yeah. I see it every day. I see it every day and I never asked the quest, what is it? And then I did. Quest. And then I found out and now, now I know. And let's see, let's see if this chick is alive. She would be old as fuck. Let's get her on the podcast. Let's get her Dude, on the she podcast. died at 69. She got that money. She got that 28 million. And then seven years later, she was fucking dead in the ground. Well, guess what that means? That means someone close to her killed her for the money. Oh, for sure. For sure. Unless all she ate were the Milano cookies <laughs> that she made. That'll kill you early. I do kind of want to know how, where these goldfish snacks came from. They've been available. Oh, so... She sold the company in 61, and then the Goldfish Crackers came out in 62. So basically, Campbell's just fucking put the good Pepperidge Farm brand name on their shitty-ass fucking cheese crackers. Dude, don't get me wrong. If it's night, if the sun's not in the sky, because according to Flat Earthers, it's on a pivoting thing and it's rotating around above us like a light in the sky if it's not above us and it's on another part of the flat earth i'm eating whatever's available so if the regular goldfish are the all that's available they're in my mouth yeah i mean if nothing known is true bye well here's the deal dude i'm the first one to say that everything can't exist but here's the thing that's a theory that I have that's just based on pure pure logic and pure truth and me putting truth to logic. But here's the thing. I still believe in the rules of this experience that we're having. And the rules of this experience is we're fucking blasting through infinite space on this fucking planet ro re revolving around the sun. And if I smash my hand against the table, it's going to bleed. I believe I believe in all that. Did you ever like the songwriter Josh Ritter? I'm guessing he didn't. The Animal Years is one of my favorite. Okay. I mean, just The Girl in the War, that song alone is one of the greatest songs ever written. I'm so glad you feel that way because I'm about to... It's one of the greatest first lines ever. First line to Girl in the War, War is, Peter said to Paul, you know all those words you wrote. They're just the rules to the game, and the rules are the first to go. I went and saw, I went, we played a festival where he was playing, so I got to see him live. And he, while he was performing, never stopped smiling. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea to smile the whole time. Do you remember? We, there was some tour, we must have been talking about this, but there was some tour that you and I did, and we were like, we talked about that. We were like, hey, we're going to smile. Never don't be smiling on stage. And we would look at each other and we would just have these big <laughs> smiles plastered on because we were just trying it out. And at first it feels weird. Right. But then you kind of settle into it and you just smile. Because, you know, people don't maybe not know this, but when you're playing a show, you're bored sometimes because you're playing the same songs you always play. So one of the only things to do to break it up is you just look at people. <laughs> it's like, well, there's that guy and there's that girl and he's got a funny hat and she she's over there and. You just look at people and connect with people, and we were just smiling a lot to people. I remember particularly the the Rev Room in Little Rock. We were doing that. Fun experiment. It was pretty funny to watch you over there doing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, but you have a way more natural smile than me. When you smile, it seems really natural. I think when I smile, unless I'm laughing, it seems odd. Well, 
I've I've practiced it for years. You've per, you've perfect you've run the software. Yeah. I mean, enough. I I figured at some point I figured out at some point a long, a while ago. You know, it was when I was in group therapy and people were just telling me like they would just tell me stuff in group therapy that I didn't know about myself because normally people just wouldn't say what they tell you in there. And they were just telling me, "Hey, man, you look pissed off all the time." And I'm like, "Oh, I did not know that." So when I'm just have my resting face. People just think I'm angry. And now I know a guy I played, uh, I did a tour with a guy. He opened up for me and he had the same thing. He had this like, I, I guess people call it resting bitch face or whatever. But he just, when he wasn't smiling, he just looked like he was angry. And I know another guy who's in our song game, uh, very talented guy. And same thing. He doesn't smile. And when he's not smiling, he just looks like he's he's bored and you're bugging him. And that's not it's you, he's not bored. You're not bugging him. This other guy's not mad. I'm not mad. I'm scared or I'm bored or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what what I, whatever I'm feeling. It's not registering on my face. My face is one thing and what's going on underneath is something else. And both those guys, I've, I, I talked to both of them and I said, look, you got what I have. Which is when you're when you're not aware of what your face is doing, when you're deep in your own thoughts or whatever, you look like you're mad and annoyed, and it's people it it's off putting. Like people are just it's not a good thing. So you need to smile. You need to remind yourself to smile when you're around people, so they know that you're you you care about them. Now I don't know if I don't know if either of them do that, but I have to do. I have to remind myself all the time when I'm around people, especially when they're talking. I have to remind myself the whole time. Keep that smile on your face, boy. Hey, boy. And that's the way I talk to myself. Boy, hey, hey, boy. What? Put that smile on your face, boy. And I do. I, I, not a big one, just a little one like this. If you go, if you're, if you're a Patreon member, you'll be able to see this smile. It's like this. But that's all it takes. It's just that little, My, yeah, no, but that little something. I think you add, that lets people know you care. I think you add a little spice to it, though. It's that same smile, but you do this thing where you you nod a little bit. Oh yeah, here, hold on. <clears throat> say say something so I can do it. Hey Bob, nice to meet you. I we met uh, last year at uh, Austin City Limits, and uh... <laughs> dude, I don't mean any of that. I don't mean any of it. It's just me going like just running software, like running the smile and remind people, hey boy, hey boy, <laughs> make sure make sure that those people know that you're listening. Okay, boy, just keep that smile in there, and not every once in a while. And it's like, but meanwhile, yeah. I'm not because interested. think about it. People are so scared, myself included. All of us. People are so scared. And I don't think they even care if it's real. If you're nodding and smiling, it makes them feel safe. Yeah. And it 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 satiates some big empty. And they don't want to know if it's real or not. Please God don't tell them if it's real or not. Just oh, if you're yeah. doing that nodding and smiling, they can fill in all the blanks and hopefully sleep one more night and rise to face another fucking cold day, man. Speaking of which, we <laughs> we're out of time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, what world is that? That is not a good world. Well, it's my world. It's the world. No, it's your world. That's not it's the, the great world. world. No, the great the world. world. Dude, 
It's here's whose world it's not. My daughter's. My daughter, the world, when I see the world through her eyes, it's full of possibilities and magic and endless possibilities to have fun and enjoy yourself and make people feel special and loved. It's so amazing. And I'm just like, I got to remind myself that's what the world, the world is whatever we want it to be or make it to be. And it just reminds me, okay, why not just make your world that? I mean, don't go so far as to fucking flatten it out like a pancake and then try to have to prove that to everybody like a fucking dumb baby person. But why not enjoy it? Why not? Why not just enjoy life? All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. You can catch our other podcast, The Song Club. Uh, and you can catch Metal Up Your Podcast, which is Clint's wonderful podcast that he does where he talks to his buddy and they discuss whatever they want to discuss. Anyways, check that out. Uh, go to patreon.com backslash IOK. Become a Patreon member today and you'll be able to witness us uh, with the magic of digital video recording and you'll also get access to the secret weekly which is where we're going now until next time peace (laughs) 